The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey, Rockheads, stop defragmenting your iPod and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 201, recorded live at Tulsa Tech Fest, Saturday, October 14, 2006. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering a whole suite of on-site and remote classes in .NET 2.0 technologies. Online at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. And by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who needs no introduction, but, um, whoops... Carl Franklin! Well, Richard, we're here at the Tulsa Tech Fest. And an awful lot of fun it's been. Has been one day of uh, amazing talks. And we're at the dinner uh, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, barbecue. Ah, it's the best part about this. You cannot get barbecue like this up north. And, you know, we were both saying as we walked in here yesterday, there better be barbecue. Yeah, if there's little sandwiches, we're going for barbecue. <laughs> That's right. So we're here with Caleb Jenkins, who's the DE in these parts. Hi, Caleb. Hey, how are you guys? Doing fine. Uh, so what was your role in this, uh, in setting this up? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, nothing. Okay. That's Just like most DEs, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so um, the Tulsa.net user group, or uh -huh. the TulsaDevelopers.net, based here in Tulsa, yeah. uh, got the idea. Now, before joining Microsoft, I helped run the group for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then joined Microsoft, so now I support 33 .NET user groups mm -hmm. uh, between Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Yeah, uh, but that's the great part about community. Uh, they were motivated. They were driven. Um, I kept asking them when they when they first had the idea, "Hey, we want to do this." I said, "Great. What do you need from me?" And I said, "You know, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this." As time moved forward, and they kept progressing with planning, and, it, and they kept moving forward with with making their. Um, uh, whatever it is they were doing, I, I came back together and talked with them, and I said, "Well, do you, know, do you need this from me?" Yeah. Oh no, we, we, I think we got that covered. Well, so do you want me to do this? Do and and I ended up <laughs> showing up and presenting. <laughs> that, I'm just blown away with how organized this show has been. Absolutely. 
So one day, 20 tracks, 60 speakers, 20 tracks. What the hell is up with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, 20 simultaneous sessions that you have to choose from at any one time. Yeah, did it work? Uh, I think so. I, uh, you know, the fact that they recorded most of the sessions, uh, mm-hmm. they, I think most people are interested in getting the downloads or the DVDs. That, you know, the challenge there is always, there's always something going on that you want to attend that you're not able to. Yeah. And with about 500 people showing up, you're, even with 500 people, there's still the challenge of, you know, not having that many at any one session. Yeah. What were your sessions on, Caleb? Uh, so I did a session uh, overview of Atlas. Okay. Uh, now ASP.NET AJAX. Uh-huh. And then also an overview of .NET 3.0. Awesome. Now, you said it before, but let's just repeat. How many user groups are represented here? Well, I don't know how many are represented here, but in, in the overall area, there's over 33. In, really? In between four now, states. Four states being? Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Right. You had a name for that. Is it so, er, Toll? So yeah, we have a... Yeah, Toll. <laughs> right. What's Toll? Just Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, oh, okay. Louisiana. So it's an so ac- you've acronymized it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting as I talk with different groups. I, I end up using the same stupid jokes everywhere I go. <laughs> and uh, so I always like to ask people, you know, one: Do you know why bears don't eat clowns? No. It's because they taste funny. Ah, please. And, and uh, you know, that, I like the variation on that. Two cannibals sitting around eating a cloud, and one says the other. Does this taste funny to you? Absolutely. That, that is the root of that of that original joke. Absolutely. And of course, I don't know if you guys saw the paper this morning. That guy got his whole left side cut off. His entire left side. Did you hear about that? No. No. He's all right. Uh, uh, hey, well, I saw in the paper that this morning a guy got up in the middle of the night. His fire alarm went off. He, he was so disoriented. He ran right through his screen door. Yeah, he strained himself. <laughs> All right, so so what's next for you? You're going to do this again next year. You're going to be involved. Uh, I'll absolutely be involved. I think this was a great event. Uh, yeah. I, I love these kinds of things. Yeah, it's, uh, it works you, out well. You guys certainly know how to throw a party. Outstanding. <laughs> All right. Did great. you guys have a good time? Oh, of course. Yeah, lots and lots of fun. It was a, a really active group, fun bunch of speakers. It, it went amazingly smoothly. And half the time they were apologizing. They said, sorry, we're not that organized. Like, guys, you're really organized. Just Excellent. relax. Outstanding. Yeah, I totally agree. It was, it was top notch. And uh, very well done. Thanks, Caleb. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me here. Okay. All right, so we're here with David Walker, who ran this crazy show. Hi, David. Hello, Carl, Richard. Great How's to be it here. going? Uh, my you're feet are you're one me. of entirely too many walkers around here. That's right. That's right. There's four walkers here? At least. Let me see. Four it's that I know of. David, Steve, Sean, and Randy. Randy. You got it. Yeah. Right on. Unbelievable. It's a walker fest. So I got to ask you, as you're the guy who put this together, what is your role in the community officially? When our last president took a role with uh, Microsoft to uh, developer evangelist and moved to Dallas. That would be Caleb Jenkins. You got it. <laughs> yeah. He uh, had some pretty big shoes to fill okay. because the group was on some skid rows when he took over the group. Okay. Um, and he kept it going, got it growing. Uh, I want to say a year or two at least. And mm-hmm. I had been regularly attending, pick and choose when the sessions were good. Right. But then about six months prior to him leaving, I was doing pretty regularly. So and I got to ask you. Up at that time. You're the guy who organized this whole thing. Yep. Um, this whole movement started with code camps, yep. right? 
We had the day of .NET in Ann Arbor. This is called the Tulsa Tech Fest. Why not a code camp? Specifically so we could give shirts, polos, um it's just a code camp. You don't have any real sponsors. At least that's my yeah. Uh, her, what Part I've of heard the code of. camp manifesto is it's exactly. got to be commercial free. So we wanted to get some t-shirts and polos specifically. Well, plus I mean you you invited us to come in, and, and code camps are always just the local folks, and okay. we're really not that local. Exactly. But uh, you've been you've been working on this for months. So we we first talked I think in June, mid June, and yeah. now it's October. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a long time. A lot of planning went into this. Yes, it sure did. So if somebody else in some other community uh, user group is listening to this and they say hey we could do something like this would you what do you have to say to them delegate as much as you can Ah. get as many volunteers and separate them out by tasks and and you had i mean you had volunteers and you had volunteers it was obviously a bunch of sort of senior coordination folks you certainly played i think a central role but i think you could probably name a a half a dozen other guys who really knew what was going on around here and women too i mean uh, it seems like there's a fair number of spouses that jumped on yeah we mean guys in the gender neutral way (laughs) yeah what we actually had was a planning committee that met once a week to come up with ideas on what we wanted to do and I tried to give out as many tasks as I could but I just prioritized uh, speakers first sponsors and and took it like that um, most of the volunteering actually occurred over the last week or so as it got wow. down to the deadline uh, as far as people really committing and, and uh, stepping up and that's kind of what I would do differently next time around yeah has in advance assign people you're the speaker coordinator you're the sponsor coordinator you're the vendor right uh, and 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 start out that way so that not one person is trying to just do it well we were in a hurry to get the big name speakers like you guys we yeah. only had well, uh, what are know, some of the other big name speakers that were here just for the record ron jacobs yeah marcus edgar yeah mark miller yeah oh who else sean walker right yeah one of the yeah. big famous walkers that's right and in, in fact, I'm surprised I didn't mention him first. But Kevin you know. McNish was here. A um, lot of people that you would see at Tech Ed. A lot of people that you would see at big conferences. The one that you don't see is Sean Walker. And the one he's that you the, don't he's see. The That's right. One. Yeah, he's yeah. hard to get down. That's right. And in fact, when I first emailed him, didn't get a response. Yeah. Emailed him again at a different email address, like sales at something. Yeah. Didn't get a response. And I finally, oh, waited a week and emailed so, him so again. Give us he some said numbers. yes. I said woohoo, and then. And then it took months before I got another email back. I was like, okay, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to do? (laughs) I was worried for a little while. So give us some numbers. What, uh, how many people signed up? How many people showed up? What did you guys get for how many sponsors? You know, anything that you want to share? We, the last time anybody gave me a number, because I haven't looked myself since about 6 (laughs) a.m., was uh, 600 registered on the website. 600 registered. And And it's free. Yes, free event. Yeah, we thought about charging at least ten, twenty bucks just to keep people committed to coming yeah. once they register, and we might try that in a future. Yeah. But at this point, we, uh, we're going to see. Can do it free. We want to see what the attendance was once we actually do the total head count because right. we don't have that yet. It's estimated four hundred. Yeah, four fifty. And how many sponsors? We had three really big sponsors that really chipped in and provided lunch. Yeah. Um, you you can name them. That's okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Idea was the biggest. Yeah. Then Dev Express and then Infragistics. Okay. 
and that order is uh-huh. how we conf- com- got them confirmed. That's the one thing that I really am a mentor of, uh, DevLink and Tech Expo. Okay. Uh, I've kind of followed their those were the most recent one that I attended and I got my eyes opened up to how good it was and how yeah. well it was for the community yeah. and they did a really good job of getting a sponsor to pay for lunch and a sponsor to pay for dinner now wasn't that just like last week DevLink uh, DevLink was just yesterday just yesterday and, he, and uh, I've been instant messaging back and forth and <laughs> he's like you're making my event look like a code camp oh no And uh, is that I, bad uh, <laughs> I don't think it so like a code camp what we want to do now I think is about in the middle there uh, have a code camp yeah not, what's not a bar big. camp um <laughs> uh is this something we can talk about or no <laughs> suddenly at a loss can, for words but uh I, I i'm expecting my fourth child so my wife has made me keep it in check okay i'm, so I'm, kinda, probably, I'm the kind of guy that what you think I, it is I'm, I'm the kind of guy that sounded like what caleb jenkins did last night once you get him started he doesn't stop yeah yeah he gets a little crazy you know <laughs> that's that's how i am <laughs> You have some really good community here, and uh, it was really impressive to see it all come together. Congratulations, David. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. We'll see you. Thanks. Well, Richard, it's time for a little road trip recap. It was a year ago, like this week, we were in Texas. And it's amazing that a few of the people who were in Dallas actually came here. And uh, we did a little reminiscing about the road trip. And two of them are here right now, the two Eds, Ed Kaisinger and Ed Blankenship. Hi, guys. How you doing, Carl? Richard? Hey there, how are y'all? So when we were talking on the road trip, uh, you came out to the to the vehicle and you had a story to tell that was a little bit unique. What was that? Well, basically, we were working for a healthcare facility and we were doing medical record software and we we're going to start using tablet PC development. So yeah, and you guys, where where did you come from? Wichita Falls, Texas. Yeah, so you drove from Wichita Falls to Dallas. That's right. How far is that? It's about two and a half hours. All right, so that was a pretty good commitment on your part to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I was part of the fun of the show, the tour definitely was some of the folks, where they came from, what they did. And I think Texas had some of the craziest draw of the ball. I mean, you guys, there were some folks from Louisiana. We had a lot of fun just meeting everybody from everywhere they came from. Actually, I think, you know, in Texas, two and a half hours is like going out for milk, right? <laughs> you know, that's like nothing, right? So what are you guys doing now? Are you still working on that same project? No, actually, uh, we, we crossed the line and turned consultant uh, and right. uh, moved into Dallas and got stuck right back in healthcare. Okay. Uh, and, Not uh, a bad field. So we're, we're just working for a, healthcare, or we're working for a consulting company uh, at a healthcare client uh, uh, with the 837 EDI format, uh, just manipulating the, uh, the information and massaging the data. Medical record stuff? Actually, it's claim information. Claim from, information. Uh, yeah, you said that. Now, your your last project that we talked about last year, was that a success? Well, we got it to the pro- prototype stage, and uh, that was about the time when we started uh, looking for a job at, and we got with Sojeti. So we got we got a good prototype, but we didn't ever get to fruition with that one. So okay, learned well, a lot of good stuff, though. Cool. So how was the uh, Tulsa Tech Fest for you guys? It was awesome. A uh, lot of great people here. Y'all were here. A um, lot of good talks. I'm looking for the DVD to come in. You know, we didn't right. get to see some of them during our speeches. This so. is the downside of 20 ch- uh, tracks at once. Absolutely. A lot of stuff missed. And you guys were doing talks as well. Yes. Of course, uh, you're wearing speaker shirts. What yeah, am I saying? Yeah. So and, what were your talks? Um, well, we both did two on Visual Studio Team System. Mine was uh, project management using Microsoft Visual Studio Team System. 
Uh, mine was on the uh, client object model of Team Foundation Server. Cool. Uh, getting in there and actually, uh, you know, adding value to the the project outside the box. Excellent. What did you think as speakers? Is this the first? Uh, is this the first time you've spoken at a conference or? Have you done this before? Actually, it's the first time we've actually uh, spoke at a conference this big. Uh, we've been on expert panels before. Yeah. Uh, but first time actually speaking at a conference. It went well? Very nervous. Very nervous, very nervous. <laughs> very nervous. <laughs> Did you have a good good amount of people in your talk? We did, and, and a lot of good other team system experts are from, from the Texas area, so that was good. Yeah, Chris Menegay is uh, here uh, yes. for the show as well. He's he was quite, at, quite a talent. He was at both of our... our uh, talks and gave us some good advice and we had really good discussions afterwards so awesome well uh now's your chance to plug anything or say anything you want to say hi mom or anything like that uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna plug our great consulting company sojetti usa part of cap gemini and um, because they they have treated us really well and they really treat our clients really well too so is there a url we can go to, to- sure www.sojeti.com s-o-g-e-t-i excellent thanks eds Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. I'd like to mention that uh, this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at Telerik, Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET applications. And you can find them online at www.telerik.com. And we're here with Randy Walker, one of the four walkers uh, responsible for this conference. And the walker's critical to the conference. Randy, what was your role? Well, basically, um, I tried to help out where I could. Um, you know, anything they needed. I, I tried to coordinate some of the videotaping of the event. Yeah. Um, tried to get all the decks together, put it on a CD, uh, throw it out there so everybody could have a free CD with all mm-hmm. the decks. Because... You know, with so many speakers, it's really tough to get. Um, uh, it's really tough to get to see every one of them. You know, yeah. we had like I don't even remember eighteen tracks, something like that. Twenty, yeah, twenty tracks. So um, we tried to get as many decks together. And you and had a camera in every. No, every talk we, or we ended up having them? like uh, five cameras, I think. Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so you you basically had a camera just on the speaker and on the screen. That's the kind of thing. Yeah, we had one in the keynote um, full time. Yep. Um, I believe we had one in here in the uh, for the enterprise mm-hmm. architecture track, and then a couple floating around and stuff. Floating around, cool. So yeah, yeah. So, w- would, what advice would you give to anybody who's in a user group who's thinking about putting on a, a, a an event like this? <laughs> Have lots of patience, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, and be very organizational. I mean, yeah. it, they, I think you guys started very early. Yeah. And, and I, I heard this story, maybe you can relate it, about how it just started out as a phone call once a week. And then people started bringing things they'd done to the phone calls. Oh, yeah. apparently we're doing this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny. Um, so David had done this, um, he had organized this conference call. And so we started just, I thought we were just talking about, you know, planning this event, just planning it. And so all of a sudden, you know, like the second or third call or something like that, he was already getting speakers and stuff. I was like, oh, well, I just thought we were planning it. (laughs) So it it was just pretty funny. 
And we're not actually doing this, are we? No, we we yeah. were just planning stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so. so, Randy, what did you talk about? Because I know you spoke here as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, for the most part, I've created uh, my own company, Harvest IT, and um, based off of that, I took uh, my experiences and made it into like a uh, basically a, a how to create your, your own business uh, session. And really? so we, yeah, it was, it, it's turned out pretty interesting. Um, Something you don't just, necessarily usually see at a conference, anything on no, business. No. And so actually I was responsible for the professional and develop, uh, professional and business development track. Mm-hmm. So part of that, we had a session on, um, managing your search firm relationship, uh, interview skills, um, resume review, and then I did two tracks. One of them was uh, how to be a Microsoft partner and the benefits of that. Um, and then the main one I did was basically tips and tricks of, of how to run your own software All the little company. bits and pieces people need to know to make that business work. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an interesting track. Was it well attended? Yes. Uh, we, we had about 10 people, but it's, it's yeah. one of those tracks where um, you get a lot of participation from everyone in the room because... Uh, most of the people are in different stages of their career. Right. So, you, like, you always have, like, uh, the person who just, uh, who's been a developer but is sick of it. So yeah. they, they want to... They're trying to get out. Yeah. Right? So, so they want to get out. They yeah, want to do some consulting. I know a few people like that. Yeah. And so then you have the people that are the consultants who want to um, have their own consulting company. And then you have the... Uh, people that have done some consulting who want to develop package software and so there's all different sorts of stages so what we do is we put everybody in a room i kind of go through some of my experiences Mm. and then um everybody everybody participates because um yeah you know that's great they've all had some experience in different it's not just one person saying this is the way it is yeah yeah you know along those lines i had just while you were talking there i had a few minutes to think about uh, you know, if somebody asked me wh- what is the number one piece of advice you'd give anybody who wants to do their own thing, it would be for me. I think it would be don't do it just for the money. You know, because I- I've done that. I don't know if you have, Richard, but it, that was the worst part of my career was when I just did it for the money. Yeah, it's just not worth it. Uh, you can't be happy if you do it just for the money. Ever. Yeah, yeah. So excellent. So. What's next? Uh, are you guys going to have another show next year? Uh, absolutely. We're planning uh, probably in the next month or two, we're going to start planning, trying to contact speakers to, to see who, who will be willing to come back next right. year. Um, we know we definitely would love the .NET Rocks team to come back. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here. All right. Sure. Sweet. Sure. We had a great time. Good. Thanks a lot, Randy. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. <laughs> And we're here with Lucas Hardbarger from Data Dynamics. Hi, Lucas. Hello. How are you guys? Doing fine. <laughs> and glad to have Data Dynamics at the show. Were you actually running the booth? Absolutely. We ran the booth, and we actually gave a presentation on how to use our Active Reports product. So. Uh, and, of course, the most popular product going. Absolutely. The I best product on the market. One of the challenges we've had uh, is making sure everybody knows Active Reports, but they don't always know the company behind it, Data that's, Dynamics. That's right. Well, and that's like my biggest thing is, you know, to tell everybody about Active Reports because I, you know, I feel it is the best reporting product out there. Oh, it's great. Yeah, that's why we have you as a sponsor. It's great stuff. What about you? What do you do? What is your role at Data Dynamics? Uh, I'm a product manager for pretty much all of our comm products and then a couple of our upcoming products. And Uh 
that's pretty much me. I moved from support and then just kind of moving through. I'm just top nerd, I guess. So <laughs> there's lots of top nerds. So. Where are you based? Uh, we're out of Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. So you had a bit of a trip to get down here. Yeah, yeah, quite a flight. So I mean, most of the folks here either live right in the area or they drove two or three hours. Uh-huh. There's only a few folks that flew in, but I guess you guys came down as well. Yeah, we came in last night. We're staying at a pretty neat little place down the road. So so far, Tulsa's been pretty pretty cool to us. So. What uh, what are some of the other cool things that you guys are doing uh, that you can talk about? Because I know you're doing some amazing things mm-hmm. that you haven't yet announced, and uh, we will be talking about those on the show. Absolutely. Um, well, this upcoming in January, we're going to be uh, hopefully releasing a beta product of our uh, new reporting package. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of reminiscent of Active Reports, but it's got a different spin to it. It's kind of like an answer to reporting services. No, interesting. So a little more web-centric, more of a client-type environment rather than just... I mean, Active Reports is very much an, uh, a, a feature built into your app. Are yeah, you talking Active a little more standalone? Yeah, yes, very much so. This is the analysis tool? Uh, well, we have an analysis tool, a dashboard tool, and then the one I'm speaking about is the reports tool. Okay. Now, the analysis... So, you are talking about this stuff now, because this is, this is the stuff you were showing at TechEd? Yes, exactly yes. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it's just starting to surface up, and uh, I'm actually the product manager on the analysis tool, and that's a very, very exciting product. It's, yeah, I was uh, ex- very impressed. Yeah, it's much like... Uh, we have a DynamicCube product, and it does, like, pivot table analysis. Mm-hmm. Well, this takes it a step further, and you can actually do that same type of analysis, plus... plus you can have like runtime charts, and they're all dynamic. And we're right now we're working on putting it on the web with some AJAX features, and it's really exciting. So stuff. I got to ask you, Lucas, how did you become involved with Data Dynamics? You're uh, obviously a developer before you went to work for them. What, well, I, yeah, actually, you do uh, I just went to the interview, and I really didn't think I got the job. I was just kind of a VB. You know, just kind of tinkered around with Visual Basic, and they yeah. hired me, and I just kind of took off. I'm just kind so of. So, have you worked for other development companies before this? No, or? Just, really? just Data Dynamics. Yeah. So you did some VB. You said that was it. I want an interview. Boom. Yeah. Now I'm like, I feel like top nerd. It's just, it's a great company, and we're, we're developer oriented, and I just love it. How so. long have you been there? Uh, six years. Wow. Couple, like last week. So oh, congratulations. Well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, congratulations. Absolutely. To. Say hi to Tim for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, how was the show from a vendor perf- perspective? I mean, we've spoken to some uh, some of the speakers and the organizers. So, he, there was a little vendor area. I think there was about mm-hmm. a dozen vendors in there. Uh, how did it work for you? It worked out real good. There was uh, lots of up times and down times. You know, people come to see Carl talk, so took away all of our. Oh <laughs> uh, no, 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 no! <laughs> it was really good. Though. I mean, we had lots of people that didn't know who we were, and it's just exciting to tell people about what we do, and then just to see their reaction when they realize you know what we can do for them so you know the thing i always love about your company is that you're you know you were willing to take a chance on us when we were young and we needed the uh, you know we needed you very much and uh, also you you do a lot of community things that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily equate to an immediate profit that comes back that's right yeah. but you know you've always done that and i really admire that about your company well, that's great well i think i'll yeah. pass the word along too all right so. thanks a lot lucas <laughs> yeah thank you mm-hmm. bye all right, so Richard, we've talked to David Walker, we've talked to Randy Walker, and now Walker number three of the organizing and speaking walkers, Steve Walker. All right, how are you guys doing? Doing fine. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just uh, trying to get through the day here. You're the second Steve Walker I know. I also have a friend, Steve Walker, who was one of my early influencers in getting me into this business. Ah. So if you're listening out there, Steve, how you doing? So let's talk about you and your role here at uh, Tulsa Tech Fest. 
Uh, I'm currently the director of technology for the Tulsa Developers Association. Okay. I've uh, been involved with them. It was uh, myself and three or four other guys that started the group and been with them ever since. Now, Developers uh, Association, is that like a user group? or That is a user's group. We renamed recently our group uh, from Tulsa... .NET users group mm-hmm. to the Tulsa Developers Association That's because we expanded. Uh, we now run SQL Server group and we have a SharePoint group and a uh, IT Pro group. We can use the J word. I think you said you had a, you started having some Java meetings as well. We did start to support some Java meetings. And I think as part of the being a tech fest is it's not platform specific. There's certainly lots of .NET content here, but there was uh, some other things as well. Exactly. And we wanted to be technology agnostic as, as much as we could. Well, and it's part about being a tech fest, right? More community is good one yes. way or the other. Yes. And I think you guys reflect what's going on in the developer community anyway. I mean, you have Java because there are people here that want to see it. Exactly. Yeah. Is there more .NET than Java going on in this area, would you say? I would say I'm a little biased because yeah. I am involved in the .NET community, so I would say it's definitely .NET centric in this yeah. area. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of Java development going on. Now, you're with the Tulsa group, but there were some other user groups involved in this as well, right? Yeah, there was. We had uh, the Oklahoma City users group, the Northwest Arkansas users group, and we had some limited participation from the Wichita users group, and then a lot of guys from Dallas, actually. Yeah, so, so I think part of the power of this particular uh, uh, event is the, just the draw from the range of uh, states and people. Certainly, it must have made Caleb happy that he; those are his states, and you guys are all over them. Yeah, exactly. And Caleb coming from here, I think, might uh, help a little bit. He's he's a little yeah. more ener- energetic to promote it. But uh, it's a nice central location for it is a, for it everything. is very nice and yeah. a great venue too. We're at the. Uh, Tulsa, uni- what is it, the Oklahoma S- It's University? Oklahoma State University, Oklahoma State. Uh, Tulsa campus. Yeah, uh, They're based in Stillwater, but they also have this campus as well, so they Just were kind enough to, to allow us to use the facilities. Yeah, I was going to say, on a Saturday, to be able to have all those rooms available, it's just like, I mean, it's like a real conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, must be very proud of yourself. We are. We really are. Uh, when when we first started organizing, and David threw out the number that we're going to shoot for 500 attendees, we all looked at him and said, oh, yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> and I think we might have hit it. Yeah, I think so, too. I think He said the registrations broke 600. Yes, they but, did. Uh, how many actually showed up? Of course, free registration, you never know for sure. Right. And based on my initial tallies, I know we broke four. Wow. Uh, and, and for Tulsa, that's, that's huge. Amazing. Yeah. So so what did you talk on? I actually didn't speak. I'm a fairly regular speaker here in this region, and we wanted to bring people from out of town in to speak, right. so I got to be speaker coordinator and help facilitate you guys. <laughs> so. We've been asking the rest of you guys, too, and I'll ask you, uh, for people out there who are listening who might be really involved in their local user groups and they want to do something like this, first of all, we've established the fact that code camps are uh, non-commercial. So if you want help from sponsors, you can't do the code camp thing. Right. But if you wanted to do something along those lines, or even if a code camp or some sort of event like this, what, what advice do you have for, for them? Uh, I think start early and start a relationship with some of the vendors in your area. Uh, try to to leverage some of the relationships that you've got with mm-hmm. uh, vendors, maybe the vendors really allowed us to have this event. Yeah, uh, I know Code Camps are very developer focused. Yeah, we wanted to maintain that that focus of, of a lot of good content, and we mm-hmm. brought in really high quality speakers. Uh, but the vendors are the ones that ponied up the cash to and let you don't us have think the facility. Having the vendors watered down the content at all. 
I really don't. Uh, the, we didn't really have vendors presenting as much. Okay. Uh, they were they were running the booths outside. So I really get a sense that that the vendors are more responsible, more knowledgeable, uh, understand what it is to be a good member of the community. Is that you can't be pounding your message like that. It's just it's just enough to be there. I think people really appreciate that they're there. Exactly. And we've really fostered that through our relationship with the vendors and our users group. Yeah. We don't let our vendors come in and and do a whole one hour right. long presentation. Uh, they can come in, do the food, hang their banner, yeah. uh, talk to folks in the back, but uh, that's pretty much and the extent of it. And you have a vendor area, which is good for them. Exactly. And, and so the they attendees. have an opportunity there. And the, the attendees have a chance to go in and, and take a look and, and look around. You know who really pioneered this set of model is Data Dynamics. Those guys have gotten this idea that participating in the community is what it takes, and it's good to see it sort of really spreading out. Right. As we were just saying with Lucas, you know, that's one thing I really appreciate about them. Um, and, you know, the other vendors are follow, following suit. It's good to see. Yeah. It's and if we see. in the community keep nudging the vendors that direction and making yep. sure that they feel like uh, we're not going to come if uh, it's only a vendor fair, then I think they'll get the message. And, and I think the, and the other side of that is true, too, is to take the time to say, hey, thanks for participating and being here and just take a look at their products. That's all they're asking for is a shot. Exactly. Yep. All right, Steve. Thank you very much. All right. And thanks a lot, guys. It was a pleasure being here. Pleasure meeting you. All right. Thanks. All right. We'll see you. It's Mr. .NET Nuke, Sean Walker. Hi. Hi, guys. How's it going? Well, you're the last of the four walkers. Glad to have you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good event for me. Had a lot of uh, good contacts here that I've been able to talk to. People that I've met online over the last three years that I've never been able to meet in person. You are somewhat of like the Howard Hughes. You're very elusive. Everyone's really excited that you came. Yeah, and you know, I go to a lot of conferences and stuff, and so I'm not quite understanding that whole um, worship You don't speak a lot, though. Um, no, I don't. No, I'm not on the regular speaker tour like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the show from a .NET Nuke perspective? It was good. This was the first North American conference to have a dedicated .NET Nuke track. So, so, in case you haven't figured it out, Sean Walker is the author of .NET Nuke. Well, one of many authors, I guess, but I'm the founder. I'm the, the founder person who the, released your brainchild. Yeah. Yes. So, do you, did a talk on .NET Nuke as well? I did. I did a keynote, the first keynote I've ever had to do. Keynote for the .NET Nuke track, and then I did another session later on in the day as well. And other people were doing .NET Nuke talks in the .NET Nuke track. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty exciting. I mean. Um, actually met up with you guys in uh, Amsterdam earlier in the year, and there was a right. dedicated .NET Nuke track at the SDC conference, and so this was the first North American. It's been a big year for .NET Nuke. It has. And you've also now reorganized, right? It's right. not the same project it used to be. Right. So um, in September, the uh, my consulting company, who basically held all the rights for .NET Nuke, spun off a, a U.S.-based company. Uh, .NET New Corporation, and the wow. IP has been transferred to that company, and the intent is to, to allow the project to grow to a much larger degree than it is today. Now, the last time we talked about .NET Nuke, I was giving you shit about what are you going to do in the face of ASP.NET 2.0 right. with all this you know, personalization stuff and right. all these features that they obviously, I think they learned a lot from .NET Nuke, actually. They must have. So how, what, uh... How, what, what is the state well, of DNN I, now? I think that a lot of people predicted that .NET Nuke would sort of die a 
slow, maybe a quick death even, when ASP.NET 2 came out, and that's not really what has happened. They were wrong. <laughs> I guess they, they were wrong. They were wrong. It's, it's been a year. I mean, I when know. we were talking about this, that yep. was a year ago that's before right. 2.0 ship. So obviously... Somebody was wrong because you're still here. Right, and we're actually, our membership numbers are growing even faster than they were right. a year ago. So, technically, what, uh, what did you do with DNN? Um, I think the .NET Nuke actually solves a different problem than ASP.NET 2. I mean, ASP.NET 2 is a bunch of building blocks that you can still put together in a million different ways, whereas mm -hmm. .NET Nuke provides you with a framework that sort of provides you with some prescriptive guidance on how those things can go together in an optimal way. And it provides, you know, lowers the barrier to entry for developers. And it really is still just drop-in features. I mean, right. Right. you it's don't still, have to build everything from scratch. Right. Even with the features that Microsoft added in ASP.NET 2, like membership and, and roles, I mean, you still have to combine those all together on your own and figure mm. out how they work. I mean, you just don't have a membership module per se. Membership is part of the framework and there are right. specific features you can get in there but it, I think it's very much a different mindset this is not while it is programmable that's not its focus it's that drag and drop assemble a particular set of features to build a community style site right so you can leverage all that base plumbing and use the app or there's ways that you can extend it but you don't really need to dig into those kind of core services and you take advantage of things in this new version of ASP.NET 2 of um, actually very few things at this point in time um we are using the the membership service. Okay. Um, we are providing, I guess, user interfaces on top of it, so you can administrate a lot of the different um, attributes of mm -hmm. membership. We actually integrated the role provider and the profile provider initially, That's cool. but then we pulled those out um, hmm. because there was some um, limitations to those services that um, we we heard from the community, especially in terms of profile. Wow. The default implementation of profile in ASP.NET 2 is very weak in terms of its extensibility and how it stores the data underneath and mm -hmm. how you can search it. And so we actually um, created our own API for profile, which is based on the Microsoft profile API, but has a lot more, a lot richer functionality. Cool. cool. So that's and some of the ways that we've dealt with the ASP.NET 2 well, stuff. Well, that's great. I'm just glad to hear that it's still going and people are still using it and, and it's rocking and rolling. What's next for you guys? Well, I think the .NET New Corporation is going to be focused on delivering more services to the community in terms of um, more than just the code that it has in the past. It's going to be rolling out different um, programs. We have a review program for third-party uh, modules so that they can get reviewed and get a, you know, a seal of approval, that they've passed some basic quality criteria. We just announced a marketplace where people can list their um, products for uh, consumers to purchase, making... Uh, Agreements with hosters, so hosters can offer them on, like the uh, approved modules. Sure. Um, and we're probably going to be also delving into the aspect of uh, professional support, professional services. Well, what about training? Um, training is not really something that's on the immediate horizon. But there are people out there that There's are doing it. There's people out there that are doing training for .NET yeah. Nuke, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess what you haven't seen a lot of yet, and I'm sure you're going to be able to support, is ISPs with .NET Nuke as a service. Right. I mean, there's already quite a number of hosters that actually have an integrated .NET Nuke installation as part of their offering. So you sign up for a Windows hosting account, right. and then it's just like a one-click install to install .NET Nuke. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Sean, thanks for talking to us. Thanks, guys. And it's good catching up with you. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Buddy Lindsay. Hi, Buddy. Hey, how's it going? Now, I know you've been a fan of DNR for a long time. You told me that uh, you reminded me that we used to hang out in the chat room in IRC during the when we had the, the live stream going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun. So, what did you speak on here? Oh, I didn't, I didn't speak. I just mainly did a lot of grunt work. Uh, so, why are you wearing a speaker shirt? Uh, just one of the things the main staff got to... <laughs> it's a staff shirt, really. Yeah. yeah. I was oh, on the main okay. committee for it. Oh, for I the see. Event. Well, that so, that's why. Yeah. So, what was your role in that committee? Um, I just I kind of was kind of fill in person. I I just gave ideas. Uh, if something seemed odd, I would present an idea uh, um, opposite or something. Just kind of filled in. I wasn't really any something major because cool. I don't have a lot of experience in it. Uh, just a little bit from Boy Scouts. So, so. what is what's your day job like? Uh, well, I just got a new job at Waterfield Technologies here in Tulsa doing support and then on into ASP.NET development. Awesome. So just landed that basically Friday, yesterday. So. Congratulations. Did Thank you attend many sessions here? Uh, I attended uh, five. Five. I, I also recorded them while I was here. Okay. That was a lot of fun. I, uh, three of them I really enjoyed. The other two, they were, they were okay. They're not really topics I wanted to go to, but yeah. I still enjoyed it. Even but you were though, filming them. Yeah. yeah. So what was your favorite? Uh, I don't know. It's I went to two of Caleb Jenkins, and they were both really good. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say they're one of the best out of those two. Wow. I'd, have to, I'd have to say the Windows Presentation Foundation that he did, and then at three point I'd say that was probably the best one because awesome. I hadn't seen much of anything over it until then. Yeah, so. yeah, all new, all yes. new stuff. Yeah, a lot of fun. So, do you have uh, Vista installed at home? No, not yet. It's uh, planning to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I finally got it downloaded the other night. Yeah. The RC one. So, I'm probably going to put that on a computer next week. No. Nope. Awesome. So. Cool. Well, anything you want to say to the minions out there listening to DNR? Um, not really. Just stay listening. It's one of the greatest shows in the world. Oh, you're too it's, kind. Uh, <laughs> it's gotten me through many, many times. Do you a heavy commuter? Do you always listen in while you travel? Uh, sometimes yeah. I, I just I always make sure I listen to it somewhere, whether it's on the computer or at school or in my car. I make sure I listen to it every week. Awesome, thanks, so. buddy. Hey, thank you. Thanks for being a great fan. Okay, no problem. Thanks. All right, take care. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Developer Express. Developer Express crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. Hey, it's Kevin McNish. Hi, Kevin. I hear you are going to out somebody. You're going to reveal some truth. I think it's time. Wow. I'm ready for it, man. I know the listeners are. Okay. Marcus Egger, what's with the accent? I mean, nobody talks like that. Nobody. (laughs) Not even Austrians. Well, you know, and the hair. I mean, hello? That's Uh, real? Yeah. Ugliest woman in Foxpro. That's what I hear. Ugliest woman in .NET, too. (laughs) He's been called. Actually, Marcus Egger has been unmasked as a bald guy from New Jersey. Kevin, were you here as a speaker, an attendee, or as a vendor? Because you are all three. Uh, I was here as a speaker and vendor. Wow. Did you man your booth as well as speak? Uh, with that I had a booth. I had a portable booth I brought with me. It was kind of a virtual booth, if you will. Oh, cool. 
So, I had uh, five sessions here today, so. Wow. Did you show anything about Oakleaf software? Your, I did. You did? Yeah. Your I, framework? I had a session on that. How'd it go? It went well. Uh, showing some new groovy stuff we're doing with code generation and getting in with Microsoft's domain-specific language tools. Tell me, tell me about that. Uh, Microsoft released Visual Studio 3.0 SDK at uh, the beginning of September. Uh, part of that was version 1.0 of the dom uh, Microsoft domain-specific language tools. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, these tools are part of their vision of software factories uh, in order to improve the process of creating code right. and, and creating software applications. So uh, you can create domain-specific class diagrams yeah. or flow type diagrams that will actually do a lot better job of generating code than a regular class diagram would. So what do you think of the tools? Let's put it that way. I think it's a great start. Uh, yeah. It's a great idea, and I recommend that anybody who can read reads the book Software Factories by Jack Greenfield. Uh -huh. I think it's the uh, next revolution in software. Okay, and your code, how does it relate? How does it fit in? Well, uh, basically... Uh, we are actually generating, uh, going the wrong way in uh, from a pragmatic perspective. Typically, mm. you'll create your object model and you want to create your data model from that. Most people have an existing database. Right. And so we have a tool that will generate a business layer and business rules from an existing database. Huh. But we're all, we've modified that tool so that we'll actually create a domain-specific language diagram from which uh, people can then go back the other way. Wow, that sounds great. And this is sort of the beginning of this whole idea that we're going to have you know, full-blown domain-specific languages in the future operating within the studio. Right. Exactly. Not, not this week, mind you. It is not a 1.0 <laughs> technology, but headed down that path. So what sort of implementation have you done that you're starting to take advantage of this? Well, uh, to begin with, um, it's a question of when you pull the rules out of a database, rules such as uh, required fields, you can look at a table and say, what's null, what's not nullable? Mm -hmm. And you can say, gee, that must be a required field. So mm. I can generate code in a business layer to specify that. Mm. But uh, where do you persist that information? And uh, you can yeah. persist that information in XML in the DSL format. And so now I can open that up as a diagram, and I can mm. say, oh, look, here's the classes that came from here, and this is a required field. But now I can add on to that and go back the other way. I can add information that says, you know, what are uh, my values, max values, min values, and so on. Now I can specify those in diagrams and go back the other way. Actually push that as constraints down onto the database. Right. So I can push it back down. I can do anything I want as far as generation is concerned. Right. I can generate database schemas. I can uh, generate business layer, business rules. I can even generate user interface from uh, UI type diagrams. Cool. Yeah, that's great. What else did you speak on? I talked about class diagrams mm -hmm. and talked about power toys for class diagrams. And uh, every conference I speak at, I ask the question, how many people here use class diagrams? And it's usually about 0.01%. You know, we just brought this up on DNR, didn't we? About the class designer. There was so much hype about, you know, the the class designer, what, what was the key? What was the code name for it? The white white horse. White horse, yeah. Right. It was going to revolutionize the way, and then it shipped, and like nobody talked about it. Right. And people stopped using it or something. What? What's uh, the deal? Honestly, people didn't know how good it was. Uh, I've been teaching UML since '96, before it was even ratified, and so I've used just about every tool that's out there. And uh, 
this is hands down one of the best tools that, that, that is available. And well, the reason is it's high fidelity. Right. Uh, rather than forward and reverse engineering, it's really the class diagram is an alternate view of your code. Yeah. So, and that's all part of the concept with the software factories, too. With the UML, the one thing it's missing is it's too generic. Yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to relationships from which right. I can generate code. So Microsoft broke some of the UML rules uh, to make something that was more so that it specific. works. But exactly. you know the thing that I've, I'm finding is that more people use UML just like a, a digital chalkboard. They don't really expect it to turn into code, and so maybe that's the problem. Is that you know we're we're just not we're not in the habit of thinking that it can go all the way down to code and back. You right. think that's an issue? That's ex that's a, a big issue because uh, people view the diagrams as documentation. Yes. And uh, rather than first-class uh, artifacts right. like source code. But the class diagrams in Visual Studio make your diagrams first-class artifacts. It's an interesting... I was just thinking about the fact that we're domain specificity is becoming so important. More and more specialization of a language at the same time as so many of these tools are such general tools. Mm -hmm. And the, the two have not met yet, but I think they have to if we're really going to get this whole thing to be coherent. It's true. Uh, what I found with companies is they would use the UML, they'd create diagrams, but it would only take them so far and not far enough. Mm. So they'd abandon the diagrams, they become stale, and you know, once you start coding, the diagrams are now useless. Mm. But uh, software factories and something that's domain-specific takes you further than just the signature of a method. Now I can generate code inside the method, too. You know, I think we have a DNR slash DNR TV combo at a, the, a brewing out of this discussion. We're going to have to mit turn this into a real show. I think you're right. Great topic. All right. Well, we'll sign him up after, after, the, after we're done here. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, great. Thanks. It's good to talk to yep. you. Marcus, I love you. <laughs> Dr. Bill. Hello. Bill Vaughn, one of my favorite DNR guests of all time. Well, I'm here. I'm still alive. You're looking a little faded, buddy. Yeah, this Long is day. the uh, fourth uh, conference in five days. Man, that's a lot of work. Well, it's a lot of traveling. and It's mostly the airlines that worry out. Yeah, the no People doubt. here going to these conferences actually recharges my batteries and it really it really do get get a lot of energy from the people here yeah it's the airlines that drag it all out of you and i saw you pick up an extra session this afternoon do a chalk talk yeah because yeah. there was an opening and an interest yeah that was great and more FaceTime, more ways to sell the new book that's fine <laughs> <laughs> and the new book is uh, i've got two new books actually uh the hitchhiker's guide to visual studio sql server the seventh edition is a total rewrite I have the Sirlock's Bounder version. I know I told oh, you that. Really? That's yeah, the from, first, second, and third edition. Yeah, yeah, from Jeff from Winchell's long, conference. You yeah, remember way back then? Ago. That was a long time Actually, ago. Actually, I'm too old to have that kind of long term memory. Yeah, it's mostly <laughs> gone at this point. <laughs> I love that book. Yeah, Maybe three. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun to write. And this, uh, I started from scratch because there was so much that had to be reset and, and compiled together. We ended up with about 1,200 pages. When you've really lived and breathed the ADO side of this, yeah. like, how, what, how is our programming language going to communicate with the database? And I've always had the sense you're very much database-centric, but that communication layer has been a, a, mm -hmm. an area of expertise, an area of concern more than anything else. Well, we found, uh, based on the news group questions that I'm seeing lately, is that there are some fundamental misunderstandings about how data architectures should be put together. We're seeing customers that are building databases without indexes. 
Hmm. We were supposed to do indexes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we took those off because they slowed down the updates. They should. That should be happening automatically, shouldn't it? Yeah, shouldn't it just happen? Okay, <laughs> man, I don't know. Uh, so. We were talking about this at the SQL Server Magazine editorial conference the other day, and we're just we're seeing this all over the country, all over the world, that people are making really fundamental mistakes. So I have a section in there in the chapter of it's called How SQL Server Works, and it cool. goes through the fundamentals of how it works, how to optimize the query optimizer, how to make its job easier, yeah. and how to write good stored procedures. And why do you write stored procedures? That came up in the Chalk Talk today. Yeah. Some guy says... Hell, it's an awful lot of trouble to write store procedures. What am I really? doing? Why do I do it? And it says, well, it's not not for performance anymore. Right. That's not the issue anymore. It's, it's for, for separation. It's for separation. Yeah. It's for team building. It's, it's for security. There's a whole litany of reasons that are good reasons for store procedures. You know, it, does it seem like that the sometime, I mean, we've been, you know, I say we, I mean, the old timers in the community have been preaching the gospel of .NET, of good practices for so long. Amen, brother. And now, <laughs> put your hands on the screen. <laughs> and now, you know, there's new generations that are coming out that are just getting into it, and we're going right. back and doing we're, all those old things, old all, things over all over again. Right? There were so yeah. many of the tools within Visual Studio that are table-centric. And tables are interesting for the very smallest of systems. And accessing, creating a, a strongly bound uh, table adapter, that's a you know, strongly typed table adapter, that's, in, that's interesting for, for smaller systems. But as your system. Makes systems, a good demo. Yeah, you know, good demo. Yes, that makes excellent demo. Easy to buy. But. It, I've got to also, while I was working on the Hitchhiker's Guide, I sent it to Addison Wesley for edit, and I started on a new book. Mm -hmm. SQL Server, what Microsoft is calling SQL Server Everywhere Edition at this point. And I have been complaining to Microsoft for some time about the name. You know, I love the product. It's a cool little lightweight engine. Yeah. It's encryptable. Yeah. It's six DLLs, so it's easy to install. It'll actually fit on a floppy. It's cool. But... The name is wrong. Yeah. The name says Microsoft SQL Server Everywhere Edition, SQL Server 2005 Everywhere Edition. So the first thing that somebody asks me says, is this SQL Server, does it support uh, query notifications? Yeah, that's, those are the first yeah. questions I asked yeah. about it, too. Well, why doesn't it support all this other TSQL? Why doesn't it, is it, it's not really SQL Server. Well, it's not really SQL Server, but that doesn't make it bad. It it makes it perfect for many, many situations where you have you need right. a lightweight engine. Well, and it started out as it was the CE edition, the compact edition. Precisely. But then they realized how useful it was, it was. to live on the desktop as well. Well, they put it on the notebook edition. That was the right. SQL Mobile edition. Oh, now, yeah, and it creeped into the tablets. And you're thinking, well, this is really yeah, a PC the, edition yeah, the now. The tablet edition, right. Now, this might be a sore point for you, but yeah. clear this up for us because... We were just talking about this, and uh, is it Jet or not? You trying to bait me? Be, uh, I, of course, Carl? I am. Okay, just asking. Oh, Jet, so I still think that Jet question. is a virus. It, you know, it's almost under control at this point because Microsoft <laughs> has so many other solutions for it. They have and SQL. All right, just answer everywhere. the question, Bill. What? Is it Jet or isn't it? It's not Jet. It's not. No, no, it is not Jet. It turns out and you're happy that, about that. I'm happy that SQL Server Mobile is not Jet. Yes, I'm happy. The fact that it was written, its roots were close to the same. Okay. But 
and it uses some of the same SQL, but it has left off the mean features of Jet. It's fully encryptable. Yeah, okay. It's lighter. It's faster than Jet. Yeah. And it, in fact, supports full replication. Yeah. Which and is more important. users than one. Well, it's designed for single users. Sure. And because it's a single user platform, that means that the kinds of things you have to worry about go away. Yeah. It turns out that, strange as it might seem, the Visual Studio Table Adapter Configuration Wizard Mm -hmm. actually is perfect for it because you don't have to worry about these concurrency issues. Sure. It's really great for this little metaphor, and it just solves a lot of problems. Yeah. And so I wrote an e-book on this. While I was waiting, and that's going to be up on my site, hitchhikerguides.net. Cool. Along with a early bird discount for the big book. You get up there before November 6th, and I'll point you to a site that gives you a 35% off the online price or whatever they're, they're offering. Addison Wesley set that up. Awesome. Uh, so you got a healthy discount on the book itself. Bill, are you also teaching classes? Whenever I can. Um, yep. And I, I'd like to teach classes for people that actually pay. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, we have a couple. Now of, you're just uh, being difficult. A couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of conference venues that don't pay anything, um, even though they owe us money. And I think uh, I'm one of several speakers I out here. I think you that know who you are. We know who you are out there, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> the old Englishman person. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, would you be interested in teaching a class at uh, at Franklin's Net if we set one up? I think we can do that. I think I, I, I was going to set one up for Set Focus. That uh, didn't work out, but I'm I'm really open to that sort of thing. Now that the book is done, I think that's probably time to do that kind of thing. What? Uh, which? Which? I mean, you have a lot of topics that you could do. What? What would you do for a week long hands on class? A week hands on class. You're going to put me in the middle here. I think probably something would pattern itself right after the book. You know, yeah. go through the book chapter by chapter. How does yeah. SQL Server work? How does Visual Studio work? Yeah. How does it tie to SQL Server? That's whole whole data aspect side of development. Right. You know, right. And it, well, to, it would also include reporting. Right. And of I think the reporting side of it is that third paradigm. You have web forms, you have Windows forms, and you have reports. Because mm. an awful lot of applications are simply report front ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. And maybe, you know, if any listeners out there think this is a good idea, let us know. And uh, we'll get something going. I'm up for it. Bill, you rock, man. I'll see you. Thanks for <laughs> Talk inviting to you later. me. Bye. And we're here with Zawe Song from Microsoft. Hi, Zawe. Hi. So what office are you based out of? Uh, my team is in uh, MCS in Dallas, SAD, mm-hmm. South Central District. But I, I, I live here in Tulsa, actually, Lovaso. It's like 10 miles north of Tulsa. So did you have a staff role in the conference here? Were you just attending? What was your... Yeah, actually, I'm helping. I, I attended a couple of sessions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was, I was planning to, 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 to be a speaker, but I didn't know. I thought, yeah, maybe here in Tulsa, you know, or just the .NET users group. Our, yeah. We, we just changed name to a Developers Association. But I thought, maybe we get 10 or 12 speakers, but ooh. Yeah. Wow. 60. Wow. More than 60. Yeah. That's, 60 speakers. Pretty yeah, crazy. Very. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, what sessions did you attend when you were here? What did you uh, like the uh, best? Refactor. Refactor session. I attended uh, uh, Sean Walker's session. It's like a, it's level 100. Uh-huh. So it's, it was a great session, but yeah. 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 Okay. You want a little more meat? Yeah. Yeah. 
So what are you working on at uh, MCS these days? I'm a, a development consultant. Mm -hmm. Basically, I'm a .NET and SQL Server developer. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what are you working on at MCS these days? Uh, right now, my customer is DollarSwift, the rental car. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So they're, they're doing them. .NET stuff? Yes, .NET. Actually, they're doing .NET 3.0 stuff. No kidding. Yeah, work workflow and uh, WCF. Well, I start to see a lot of really sort of bleeding edge apps as this stuff gets closer to cooked. Mm -hmm. And start seeing yeah. we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff to look at right when it ships. Yeah. Is it their web stuff that you're working on? No, or actually, internal it's their stuff, next or? next generation uh, point of services system. Sweet. Basically, their rental car in, uh, agents will use to check out checking cars. Cool. Yeah. Well, their old system is like uh, I don't know. It's a uh, Probably Unix-like Telnet-style system. Yeah, um, they're fairly archaic. But I'm also thinking that a lot of these uh, retro uh, car shops now have all kinds of handheld devices, especially when you're bringing your vehicle yes, back. Yes, we have a solution for that. So I was starting to look in sort of the, the mm -hmm. Windows Mobile space for that sort of technology. Yeah, using WCF. These yeah. are those symbol handheld pocket PCs, right? Yeah, they have you a little gown-like handheld device. Yeah. Yeah, they can scan. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, is there anything you want to say to anybody on out there in the... Yeah, I, you know, uh, this is much, much better than I thought, this event. Yeah. It's great. Next year will we'll be even better. I'm, I'm amazed at how well this went for the yeah. sheer size of it and the mm -hmm. amount of work that they put into it. I yeah. uh, can't imagine what we're going to do next year. It'll be crazy. Yeah. If yeah. anything went wrong, this is our first year. Hmm. That's, that's our official... Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And thanks for talking to us. Carl Franklin, you have an amazing ability to lean the mic over to Richard and know that he wants to say something. Because I'm looking, I'm, I'm like, wait, he's moving the mic to Richard. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to all of a sudden Richard starts talking. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> how do you know? It's very simple. Look at our knees. Whoa. When he, when he, his knee is up against mine, and when he wants to talk, he just gives me a little nudge. A little knee nudge. Ah. That's, that's what, in, the, in the professional lands, we call that a cue. I got I it. I cue it up. That's pretty amazing, man. You I didn't thought you see guys that were just point really, of... really, really close friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hundred shows. He knows what I'm thinking now. I know. It's like, how does he know? <laughs> There's no tell at all. You know, I'm looking right at your face. He hasn't changed his facial expression at all. And then all of a sudden, wait, he's talking. So, so how do we end this show, man? Help us. Help us. I don't us. know, man. Well, well, I think we're all tired, right? We well, are tired. We're pretty tired. It's been a long we're working day. hard. We've been exploited by the people here who have come to see all of our talks. And yeah. F you people for exploiting me. <laughs> you feel a little vulnerable right now, maybe? No. We went through uh, 10 interviews. Didn't have to beep anybody. We get you. We're oh. beeping all over the place again. I, I'm, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear a f***ing beep, though. <laughs> So, so tell me about your new blog post. No. <laughs> and that's staying in. That's all there is to that. I have a little bit of conflict. <laughs> I recently, I'm not going to say why, but I've recently signed some agreements that say I can't swear anymore and I can't do libel or slander anymore. This is going very well for you. It f***ing sucks, man. <laughs> I can't what do anything. What is this agreement? I can't tell you because the minute I tell you, all the, I know all of my demons and ghosts are going to come out of the woodwork. <laughs> my ex-girlfriends are going to be testifying against me again. The pictures of me and the beluga whale are going to come out. I'm not saying anything.
<laughs> I'm just not saying anything. That's all, right. all. We'll have to wait. All right, all right. Let's get back to the conference. How many talks did you? Uh, four or five. And I know one of them was the UI talk, yes. which I know is one of your favorite because you pick on everybody else. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that is my favorite. I didn't quite realize that's why, but yeah, I, I like to. <laughs> this sucks. And this, this sucks. sucks. And look this, this sucks. Oh, this one sucks too. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Showing up in my talk. <laughs> yeah, I guess I do kind of pick on a few people. So, uh, yeah, I did that one. One of the ones I really like. And I've talked a bit about it before when I've been on the show with you guys. Um, you know, you know, my mind's all in this uh, plug-in development architecture yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, well, one of the aspects of this is component-based architectures where you, with the purpose of uh, being able to compete a little more effectively, being able to write right. features a little faster. Making uh, your, your product more agile. Well, I mean, here's the here's the thing. I don't know if I'd say go go so far as as to just categorize it into the agile. Uh, Adding new features, I think, is what the focus well, is, right? Well, here's a, a couple observations. All right, I'll let you speak before now. we go into a full on show on this whole thing. Well, right? we did we did a show on this. Well, I don't know if we quite you know. I've been smarter since then. I think I was kind of dumb <laughs> back then, and I got a new whole new perspective on this. <laughs> yeah, delete that show if you have that still in your hard disk. Yeah, yeah I didn't know what I was talking about back then. <laughs> That was the other Mark that, that Miller. Was a, the new one knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> now, you know, and I'm not going to get into week. it too much. But the, the, the thing is, is that I have put some thought into this again mm-hmm. recently, right? And to try and understand exactly why, to quantify why is it faster, so much faster to develop this way? Why is it faster mm-hmm. to make more sense? And, you know, that's part of what the talk was today, where I give mm-hmm. a lot of that theory and the explanation behind that. Um, the, the observation is is that most well, one of the, the coolest thing that I think comes out of this is a new metric that I basically propose, and I say, look, it's called clarity, and it's the lines of code that are the essence, your your intellectual property, hmm. divided by hmm. the s- total lines of code, the structure and everything that yeah. needs to be supporting that. So if your clarity is low, that means you've got a lot of structure. Your ratio of structure to essence hmm. is is a high ratio, and so you've got a so little clarity. structure to content. Yeah. Now, why is clarity important? Clarity is important when you're maintaining code. If you're going in code and you see a whole bunch of other That's crap, right? right? Noise. Then, then you're like, it's noise, right? So crap and noise, we want to get rid of it. We want to increase clarity. Mm. So I'm working on, you know, I'm trying to go through my head. I'll say, well, why? So uh, I'm trying to understand what the benefits are of the component-based architectures that I'm like trying to you know, say, mm-hmm. guys, come on, do this. Yeah. And that's one of them is that it increases clarity. It takes that structure, moves it out. The, the essence of it, the five or the, 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 the 20 second essence of it is normally in a decoupled architecture. You've got interfaces all over the place and you've got like registration thing, registration mechanisms. You've got implementers, in the interface, you, you throw them out, you toss them into the registration and they get collected somehow. And we've got some ability now to choose different business rules, right? That's the essence of it. Well, with component-based architectures, you just create a component, and this is a descendant of component. It implements that interface. All the properties in that interface, it implements those, right? All the methods, it implements those. Those methods trigger events, okay? You drop mm. that component on your form, and now newbies can now implement the interface, right? right. You guys on your team right. can do it. Gurus can prototype much faster, and now the end result is is that they don't have all the structural support code. Registration goes out. Uh, wow. It's out because we can now add it in I support initialize. That's the super fast, you know, essence of the solution. Yeah, that's very cool. Without all the theory behind it and why it makes sense. But it does, in cool. my opinion. All right, man. So there you go. So I'm really enjoying milliseconds. Uh, that's not me, man. Com. That's another person. <laughs> not the same guy at all. That's not the guy who recently was awarded C-Sharp MVP. Hey, hey, 
he said it. Who signed some agreements that said he wasn't going to be a jerk anymore. (laughs) Okay? That's another guy. If you ever stop being a jerk, they would kick you out of the program. That is another guy. And those pictures that the Luca whale were taken from behind, it could have been anybody, but it's not just maybe me. Well, congratulations, Mark. You deserve uh, it. Oh, they, thank you. But wait, am I the guy who won or not? I'm not remembering now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see it. All right. .NET Rocks can be found online at www.dotnetrocks.com and at msdn.microsoft.com slash dotnetrocks. .NET Rocks is edited each week by Jeff Maciolik, that's me, and Carl Franklin, who is also executive producer. All music heard on .NET Rocks, including Toy Boy, the theme song, is created and produced by Carl Franklin and Franklin Brothers Band. Carl never sleeps. .NET Rocks is produced for Franklin's Net by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. Plop, it's time to get your impact back. Time for it.